<laughs> Hi, Pastor Monica. Hello, Chef Stacy. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am doing well. I am doing well. I'm excited about this discussion. And um, today's been a productive day. Very productive. How about yours? That's good. Same here. I taught a cooking class and um, I got up. The Lord woke me up. Amen. And I Amen. <laughs> started me on my way. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, hello, everyone. I'm Chef Stacy, And I'm Pastor Monica. Welcome to Everyday Daniel. Today, we're talking about the book of Joel, um, which is one of the 12 minor prophets. It's considered a minor prophet just because of the length of the book. It's pretty short in comparison to what we call the major prophets, which are much longer books. I love Joel because it's only three chapters and you can read it super fast, but there's just a lot of depth in there. Yeah. Um, before we started, Pastor Monica was saying, this is a right now word. Yes, it is. <laughs> is for now <laughs> <laughs> so and i totally agree with that you know normally in these sessions we start by talking about the food and then we move into the bible story and the lessons that we got from it to be honest as i read through the book of joel there was food mentioned in like every sentence yeah um, <laughs> there was grapes and wine and cattle and um locust. Right. <laughs> Don't remind me of those. <laughs> there was so much. And so I thought, you know, instead of talking about any specific food, I think it's just important for us to recognize that at the time this book was written and the people to whom it was written, it was a very agri agricultural <laughs> agrarian society. Yes, it and was. So this, these metaphors um, would have a lot of meaning and weight to them. And in some cases, people might not even take it as a metaphor. They might see it as an, a real thing that would happen, that locusts will come and eat their crops and they won't have any wine or grapes. So all of that with just the ruining of the food is the backdrop to the book of Joel that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And Pastor Monica... Do you mind giving us a little recap of what we read today? I really don't mind. Um, it's <laughs> a quick recap for uh, Joel. It is one, he is one of the uh, minor prophets. And a lot of, um, actually, I'm going to pull this from my study Bible, so I can't take credit for this one, but I love the way it broke it down. So it's really broken into two parts in this chapter. And this sin brings God's judgment but God's justice also brings great mercy. And um, there is two parts in this. We're talking about the locust and what is taken from the people, but there is a call to repentance. And so in the first part, he's talking to, uh, he starts out with the elders, which I thought was pretty interesting. And there's a portion where he says, you know, basically sharing your fathers with your grandfathers, that's in verse two. And he's basically saying, share this information, which is, we'll get in discussion about that, you know, but share, pass down this information. And what happens is he's telling the story of right now, everything is being devoured. The people are drunk. That starts in chapter, uh, verse five, he says that the people are drunk wake up out of your your sleep 
He says, um, wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Well, because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. And from that, there is a digression of not just, they're not only having waking up, this nation hasn't waken up. And by the way, it's the uh, nation of Judah uh, that uh, Joel was the, uh, the prophet over that, that nation. It was really interesting because the land began to get invaded and that was at every angle. So fig trees, I mean, the grain offerings, anything that was offered to the Lord was mm -hmm. even gone. The oil, which we know represents the anointing, was right. gone. I thought that was like, wow, <laughs> what? Everything is dried up. The land is dried up. The new wine is dried up. The grain is dried up. And that's in verse, uh, let's see, nine. And then we're looking at the farmers. They can't grow anything. Nothing, everything is withering away. The fields are withering away. And then we go into the second half of the chapter. And God is calling for repentance. But he speaks to the ministers. Mm -hmm. And he tells them, not just them, but to gather everyone and fast. Yeah. And so just, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep recapping because I just want to go into it. <laughs> but he's talking to the ministers, the leaders, uh, the church, the body of Christ to fast and to repent. Yeah. To repent of sin, to repent of the complacency, to repent of them, uh, of all the things they've gone through. The one thing they mentioned is the drunkenness, but we know that drunkenness represents other areas of sin, self-indulgence, whatever that may be for that nation and even just for this time. Now, going back to that call for repentance, and it just ends in what's being cut off. Um, it says in verse 16, no, in verse 15, it says, alas, for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. There's a warning. He's saying that there's a warning. And so basically, before it comes, it says food's going to get cut off, right? Yep. It says, has not that food been cut off? As we talked about food from our wonderful chef who normally <laughs> gives us a delightful treat. It says, before our very eyes, joy and gladness and the house of the Lord. So the things that we take part in, think about when you go out and you enjoy things, we all go out to eat. We enjoy food. We gather around, right? But right now he's saying, I want you to gather fast, deprive yourself, and repent of your sins. So that's pretty much how the chapter ends. Um, and then verse 19, it says, to you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the open pastures and flames have burned up all the, field, the trees in the fields, even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up and the fire has devoured the open pastures. So again, now just the green pastures, again, it's going back to what's been devoured. And I think the biggest thing here is, um, the call for repentance to come to God. So even when he says, we call to you, Lord, yeah. that is the biggest thing uh, ending that chapter is uh, calling on the Lord in the midst of what they're seeing. And yeah. that's another reason why we said this is uh, great for the signs of the times. Anything else that you wanted to add, Stacey? I think that was a really good recap. <clears throat> I, um, I, the books are so short that I did end up reading all three chapters yeah. and uh, but I think today we're just focusing on chapter one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, before we got on the call, you were like, yes, this is a right, this is a right now message, honey. So yes. why don't you tell us a little bit about why you think this is a right now message? What's one of the ways that it applies to our today life? 
Um, I mean, the chapter starts out uh, in verse one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Joel, uh, son of Pethuah, says, hear this, you elders, listen, all who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened to you in your days or in the days of your forefathers? These people at this very time were going through unprecedented times. They'd never seen famine like this. They'd never seen the land devoured like this. God brought things to a halt. And as we know, we are still in a pandemic <laughs> and we are in unprecedented times we are at a halt and so whether we want to you know sometimes people say you know what's in the bible that's back then and this is now and it's like no yes the grain may be gone then but people's jobs are gone now right <laughs> yes the farmers uh can't do what they need to do for their crops back then the same thing applies now it says has anything like this happened We've never had anything like this in history happen. If I just, just even if I start with that, because I, I have each verse, that, a few verses that stood out to me outside of that. But I was just, I was just looking at that. I said we are at unprecedented times that are taking place, and um, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me comment on that too. Yes. What cracks me up about this, and I was talking to another friend, and she was saying maybe in America we haven't felt anything like this, but think about yeah. people in the world, right? And yes, great point. Even in America, we have had something like this. Like, so if you're watching, we're recording this in July 2020. It's mm -hmm. in the middle of the COVID 19 um, kind of lockdowns in the United States where we are. And so um, these things have. May, maybe have happened, but what is interesting is the never to the people who are living right now today. Um, so we have we've seen famine and locusts and disease and pestilence a hundred years ago, but we didn't we didn't live a hundred years ago unless you're like um, a centenarian, a hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> and we've seen these examples in the Bible, but we never lived it. And so what I love about what Joel is saying is has anything, mm -hmm. you know, you've never seen anything like this. Right. It's very specific to those people. Yes. It's not like nothing like this has ever happened before. He's saying you have never seen anything like this before. You, yes. You're not familiar. And that's where yeah. we are. Is that's it's exactly. Very specific. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're right. You bring up a great point. We haven't. I know we had like SARS before and the, what is it? The swine flu. And there was times like this, even like to the extent of our stock market that it's, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> this is like a zillion times worse and it's all over the world and it's, you can't escape it. <laughs> right. We've had similarities, but we are at a, a hyphened awakening, but you're right. Um, with America, you know, we might not, but when has the world though, the world had to, they had to halt to this extent, like the world, you the know world. what I mean? Like, even if you're in a third world country, they had to halt. I remember watching on the news, you know, like in India, in the middle of the day, them being told that we're in a, they're like, we're in a pandemic and jobs are being lost. And you just see hordes, hordes of people hauling out of these, um, industrial places where they work to go home and they live like literally it takes them a day to get home to their village just things that you know it's the mag like you're so right it affects us all differently but to this map this in our season and what we've all in this time that we've lived we haven't seen ever we <laughs> we have not seen this and so um that stood out to me um mm -hmm. 
and and the elders is calling to like the elders and it's not just you know sometimes maybe even for us that are in church we think you know like just the elders of the church it does, he does mention that like the ministers in the second portion but this is also just the older men the officials mm -hmm. they're looking at the older men the officials the people that are seasoned what do we do you know mm -hmm. uh in this time and i thought that was really interesting and the part where he says tell it to your children tell it to your children to, to their children and their children to the next generation and a caveat uh but it still goes along with this i thought you know is urging the parents and the grandparents to pass their history down i believe you know because we are in situations like this like uh, our grandparents might have like you said experienced these similarities in the past when they've had the world did halt and even though ours is a little different they've had this where the swine flu and different things take place and passing that information on of what they did affects we need to know those things there are gaps in our lineage that we won't know if they don't share with us yeah and so i started thinking about the importance of knowing your lineage Hmm. The importance of knowing your history and the importance of our parents um, being transparent with us about their experiences so that when these come up, it's like, oh, this did happen. This is what you experienced. Or maybe you were, I'm responding like this because this is how you respond. This is in uh, how God created us in the DNA. This is how we operate in our family. Like, okay, yes. this is why I'm rising to the occasion or this is why i'm pulling back from the occasion this is why i'm trying to figure my life out this is why my life is figured out you know okay. um i like the emphasis on sharing that because it just stood out to me and i put this and i think i just said it but i'll just re-mention it again just for clarity but i believe that these there's gaps missing in people's lives when they don't know their lineage yep you know so and what i love about that point too is there's gaps missing in your life if you don't know your lineage. Mm -hmm. You are more likely to repeat the mistakes of your historical lineage if you don't mm -hmm. know what happened. Mm -hmm. And you are um, caught off guard when something happens that you yourself have never experienced before, but yeah. people before you have. Yes. Um, and I, so two things that brings to mind for me, mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, I think about um, America as a yeah. country, right? So this country went through a period of reconstruction at the yes. end of our civil war. And it was an opportunity for us to make a even more perfect union, right? The United States of America is a great country. And we were taking that as an opportunity to make it even better. Yes. Because a, a, a horrible, disgusting evil had happened in our country, slavery, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, the Civil War, too, which, which yeah. tore people apart. And so fast forward, you know, all these many years, and we are experiencing another um, kind of a period of something that we've never gone through before, some things that are maybe horrific for people who are seeing them for the first time, COVID, you know, um, racial injustice, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And if we know our history, if America knows its history, we can look back in the past and see, you know, what things could we do or could we build on to yes. make a more perfect union? Yes. So that's the one thing I think about like in the physical natural but then the yes. other thing i think about in the spiritual is 
you can't be effective if you don't know your history for followers of Christ, for believers, for people who maybe operate in spiritual gifts. You can't be effective if you don't know the Bible. (laughs) Absolutely. That's history. That's That's our history. That's our history. Yes. And knowing your history is a guidebook for how you conduct yourself and how you overcome the enemy in your right now, everyday today life. There's a lot of people out there who are professing Christianity, right? Or professing to be followers of Christ, but we we haven't read the Bible. And so we are Christians in name, but we're weak Christians. Yeah. The book of Joel talks about in the end times, you know, your sons and daughters would prophesy. Like basically he's saying everybody, regular folks would really operate our spiritual gifts. Yes. Yes. How can we get there? How can we be effective unless we know the word of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I so agree with that. How can we, if we're to call ourselves effective children of God, if we're to call ourselves that, we have to know this biblical history. We have to know. Huh. We have to, because it tells us not just who we are, but what's, what's coming up, what's you know? Um, and even it just walks us through, like you're saying, our giftings. Those are highly important. Mm-hmm. Those literally enrich the world, you know, around us. And we have to know how to function in those. And how else if we don't see that and aren't encouraged by what we see in the word, what we hear in the word, what we take in and how God speaks to us through that. It's so true. So I, I really love what you said. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So was there anything else that you noticed in Joel chapter one that you want to share with people? Oh gosh, yes. Okay, let me try to make <laughs> Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> I try not to go verse by verse, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so now he goes into the locust. He introduces to the locust, and basically what's left is nothing. He's like, you know, the locust swarm has left. The great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. What he's saying is, there ain't nothing left. It's gone. It ain't, it's gone. What was left is is gone, right? And then it goes into wake up. So this is the part, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, that stands out for me. You wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Well, all you drunkards of wine, well because the new wine for it has been snatched from your lips the nation has invaded my land powerful and without number it has the teeth of a lion and the fangs of a lioness it just keeps going into it and i thought for verse five and six it's like he's saying wake up look Mm -hmm. around you we're in a pandemic look around you there's racial people having happening look around you We, we there's there's something wrong (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of things going right but there's a lot of things that are that he's trying to draw to our attention yeah. right he's saying wake up and this is not just um as he's urging judah to wake up um you know because even judah even if i go into that judah means praise so it's mm-hmm. like wake up your praise wake up your worship wake up your identity and who you are in christ wake up Look around, know who you are. You know, there's so many awakenings that happen. You know, uh, 
it just it just hit me on that one. I'm just like, my goodness. And this is moral and and our the moral and physical and spiritual uh, antennas have been dulled. That's what's happening here. They've been dull because yes, it talks about the drunker, but yes, literal, but also um, if we look at it from a symbolic point, what other indulgences are taking place, right? That he's sending locusts, that he's sending, uh, you know, I mean, the grain is drying up, the land is, uh, is, is, there's no new wine, there's no oil. I can't even make a sacrifice to the Lord. What? Yes. Stacey, what? Yeah, I can't sacrifice to Jesus. You mean we so bad? We ain't got. We don't have products. We don't have no communion cups. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have no bread and crackers. We ain't got no wafers. We don't, we don't have the little wafer thingies. We out. <laughs> wait, wait. I went to the grocery store. Ain't no toilet paper on the shelves. <laughs> wait a minute. Soap? You mean soap that I need to use every day of my life? We don't have it? <sighs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Monica, we're living in the book of Joel right now. You just we are in the book of Joel. <laughs> we are in the book of Joel, seriously. And uh, it's like, wake up, you know? Uh, America, world, wake up. This is, it's, this is to everybody. You know, it's, it's, but you know, especially when I look at the book of Joel and the prophet is speaking to the people of Judah, yes. Judah are part of the 12, 12 tribes, tribes of Israel. That yes. means those are God's chosen people. Absolutely. So the prophet is yes. not saying wake up to everyone. Yeah, the prophet not, you're right. Wake up and maybe to everyone, actually to you, children of God. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's speaking to the church. Yeah. He's speaking to the church and the church has been asleep yeah we have been at least you know in my opinion i see a lot of church for the church and god jesus came and and was resurrected so that there could be church for the unchurched so yes. that we would go out to Love all it. the world right and so that we would share the good news of the lord but also that we would demonstrate the power of God here on earth in our everyday regular lives. Yes. Not just talk about that power in biblical times, but that we too, right now in 2020, would go out and prophesy, that we would yeah. heal sick, that we would give to the needy, that we would be the arms and hands of Jesus. Mm. And if the church is not doing that, then if we're not meeting our responsibilities, right? Yep. Then there's going to be some problems because God needs yes. to wake us up. It's, it's very true because even though we have a president, we have a governor, we have senators, assembly members, congressmen, you know, even though we have, um, you know, people in leadership positions, uh, nonprofit organizations all over the place, the church, the church knows Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Yes. It, it's that simple. And so we are the ones that should be, you know, at the forefront, not the army, not the military, not the president, not the governor. It should be us. And now, now navigating that, mm -hmm. you know, as a body, as a church, um, it's going to take so much. And it's, it, it is, and it is taking it and it's going to take yeah. wisdom. 
because mm. it is a literal gray area season. Yeah. There is no black and white right now. <laughs> it yeah. is a gray area season. And God is the only one that knows how to decipher gray. <laughs> wow. That so, is powerful because what that means is we're in a position of dependency. Yes. We, if God is the only one who knows how to decipher gray, yes, depend on him, you know, um, for instruction and we follow his next instruction. We depend on him for just everything. Um, and geez, I just, I wonder what it would look like, you know, when these things happen in the world, what, what would it look like for the church to use this time of separation, right? Quarantine and make it mm -hmm. holy quarantine. Yes. Yes. What would it look like if as a, as a unified body of Christ, we prayed earnestly, you know, for people to be saved. We prayed yes. earnestly for us to be doers of God's word and not mm. hear only. Mm. I, I I wonder, you know, how many people would turn toward God. Um, right. And we see that in late in the, the following two chapters of the book of Joel, right? Yes, which I'm excited to dive into it. I know, right? <laughs> I keep wanting to talk about it. I'm like, no, no, we gotta we wait. We can't, we can't. There's so much in it. I just feel like, yes, but yes. Yes. I'm there with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So anyways, um, I, to me, I don't, I don't have anything else. I just think it's really interesting how Joel, especially in chapter one, talks about all the plague and the famine and the locusts and how there ain't nothing but nothing but nothing left. And then there's a call to repentance. And then we see in later chapters, the promise of God and the restoration and the, and the building even better and stronger than we were before. And yes. I look at almost every story um, throughout the Bible and even experiences in my own life, tragedy, <laughs> a call to repentance, yeah, healing and restoration, you know. <laughs> you you're i'm i'm so there with you and you had mentioned just the holy quarantine i actually went to share this i had this post a while back about like you know like an acronym for uh quarantine and it's q is quiet your soul u is unite as one with god a act with godly love r read your bible a activate your faith n nourish your soul t talk with god I intercede for others. That's big. Wow. And nestle in the presence of God and eat. Elevate God and worship. Mm. Um, just at all those, I started thinking, you know, we just really, as the word is talking about repentance, repentance requires you. You can't repent without turning to God. <laughs> and That's the right. second part of the chapter, um, and I know we're pretty much done. I just wanted to just say this one thing on that. I noticed how they were in sackcloth and normally obviously that's the clothing that they would use when they would go to a funeral. But in this is specifically used as a sign of repentance. Mm -hmm. And lots of times in the Bible is used as when they put the sackcloth on and saying, I'm repenting to you, God, they're repenting. And I just, the thing I got from literally the second half of the chapter is this God without him, we can't thrive yeah. for a while. Things may seem great. Hey, we making the moolah. That's, you know, money. Sorry. 
you know, we doing well. We in our relationships. I don't we even want to go money bag, yo. We in that money bag. <laughs> you securing the bag, okay? Uh, relationships are good. Booze got it together. Even in here, it says in verse eight, more like a virgin in sackcloth grieving for the husband of her youth. She didn't even get a chance to get to know or be with her husband, right? This is prior to the marriage because back then, you know, when they got together, it was a virgin, but they were all already called each other the husband and wife before that because they were almost there and they didn't even get to the finish line. This is, he's talking about, this is not just about brains. This is not just relationships. This is money. This is finances, your spiritual man, your health. How yep. am I supposed to eat well if I can't take in the grain? How am mm -hmm. I supposed to do well if I can't take these things in? I can't thrive without God. So you know what? Since we are deprived in, in any way, y'all go ahead and get out there and fast. I need y'all to be humble. I need y'all to pray a little bit. Sacrifice that food that you can't eat right now anyway. Yep. And uh, I need you to come back to me. Mm. And uh, you know what? I am a merciful God. I'm ready. I actually just need you to come to me and turn to me and recognize that you need to repent and I'll take you, I'll take you from there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I love this chapter. <laughs> I, I like that you brought up how at the end, you know, I, God is a merciful God. There's a, there's several parallels and maybe I'll put this in the show notes, but there's several parallels to the book of Joel to the new Testament. Um, yes. There it, it's kind of like foreshadowing that, there, there has to be repentance and that God is merciful. And what we see in the New Testament is the promises of God being fulfilled, the redemption of the people, the um, restoration, and just, just all the promises of God that come along with repentance and right. Jesus as the sacrificial offering for us. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Joel is really good. Like I know all the books are good. Yeah, but you <laughs> but know Joel? what? I, it's good. And I think it's not saying that it wasn't already a good book, but I just feel like it's good because it's prophetic in this season right now. I feel like, like when I just started like going over it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is right now. Like I just started seeing things and oh yeah, the importance of our lineage. Oh yeah. We need to repent. What is God trying to tell us? Take this quiet time. Don't get angry and upset. Figure out what God is trying to tell you. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not the season to get angry. Let me tell you, because yeah. this is not ending next week. It's not. Yeah. And so there's time that we need to, this time we need to take to really Look at him and be like, what's going on? Connect with people, pray for others. You know, this is the time to really reach out. Like, I feel like even though it seems like we're disconnected, we can really utilize this to still be connected. We have at any given time, if this would have happened when it happened, you know, years ago, they didn't have what we have. If we look at it, we are really blessed. Right now, we would not be able to do this if this was happening way back when. Right, we there was no room. There was no gram. There was no Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube. I'm not seeing you. Right. We wouldn't see each other. Girl, we got to write letters to one another. We got to write letters. That take a week. <laughs> and then, oh, no. Right? We are really, even in this time of repentance and even in this time of unprecedented situation, we are truly blessed because mm -hmm. we have technology like this that we can even see each other interact with we have more ways to communicate than we ever have before we have no excuse yep. and while it may not be the same as someone right next to you while it may not be the same as a hug while it may not be the same as you know a high five or yeah someone sitting right on the couch with you and you interacting it beats being isolated 
and mm -hmm. not being around or seeing or interacting with people cold turkey. Yeah. We're blessed. We're blessed. <laughs> one of the reasons or one of the ways I've been trying to, or I have been staying um, connected with people is mm -hmm. I have a, a, my Bible study group, my ladies group, we yeah. have um, Bible study every other Monday evening, but every single weekday morning at, we have 6 a.m. prayer mm -hmm. and um, praying together and praying for our nation and praying that our leaders and our pastors, you know, walk in divine health all the days of their lives and that yes. God seek wise counsel to them and that they follow it. And, and also praying for people who are sick and have been affected by COVID and seeing them yes. healed, right? A lot of that has been strengthening for our faith Absolutely. and also helping us to connect to one another deeper because it yeah it kind of does feel like we're in a war you know I, yeah. I guess it is it's a, a spiritual war and so when as a Christian the part that we can do you know is getting together and praying um so you know doing that has bonded us as ladies in our our group one-on-one yes. it is yes. also bonded us closer to God. Um, and it has also opened our eyes individually for opportunities. A lot of us in that group are business owners and it has opened our eyes to opportunities that we can be a blessing in the natural world to yes. people who maybe don't know Jesus, who don't know God. Yes. I love that. That's yeah. what I feel like business. You can, especially when you know God, you use that business. You can you be all God needs you to be in that business and just let him use you. That is, that is the marketplace ministry, I think is one of the most profound. I know it kind of went off on a tangent, but I just think that's such a profound way, you know, and you know, with online businesses starting to boom and, and, and happen, this is the season. And I love that. How you said you guys stay connected. That's important. That is important to have that, that connection, that group. I do actually something very similar with a group of friends of mine. We started out with five. We had to move to seven. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the number but, <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, we realized that wasn't our ministry during this season. You know, you got to know what the season is, right? But no, on a real note, I really think that it's so important to keep that community and just those practical ways of what do we do in this season? Um, you know, in the midst of praying and fasting and repenting, right? In the midst of deciphering and asking God for wisdom, how do we decipher from a practical standpoint and maintain our sanity? It's so, it's so important. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that concludes this week's episode of Everyday Daniel. Today we talked about, we did a recap of Joel chapter one. It's one of the minor prophets and not minor because it's insignificant, but minor simply because the book is so short itself. Yes. Um, we talked about how it's a very right now type of prophetic word. Um, Monica and I both talked about kind of the importance of knowing your history, understanding the, your Bible, knowing scripture so that you can be effective in today. Um, and then uh, marketplace ministry and some practical ways that people can practice um, some of the things that we're learning from the book of Joel. I have really enjoyed talking to you, Pastor Monica. Likewise. I love it. <laughs> and Every time I hope it. that we'll get to talk with our audience again 
next week. And if you guys want more information about the book of Joel or our thoughts, or just to engage with us, you can find us all over your socials at Everyday Daniel and on the interwebs, as I like to say, <laughs> everydaydaniel.com. Cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs>